Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Podcast with my dad, Matt, and his friend, James, talking about real relevant things and sharing stories. <laughs> Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Podcast. This is James Gomez coming to you from Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. I'm the pastor at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, and I'm here with Matt Coyne. He's the pastor at Rollins Church in Manton, Michigan. How art thou? Matthew. Well, James, I'm doing all right, but I'm going to say right off the bat, just for everyone, I am on a different mic today, so our usual quality may not be, be lacking. Well, yeah, but so it was, I'm sorry. But it was better than all the static that was coming oh, through your previous terrible. mic. Oh, that was terrible. Yes. So well, at least we thing. have a backup. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, but I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's a little overcast here this morning, so when that happens... Like on a day like today, sometimes like I've got Bible study in just a little bit and people might come in and they're just going to be kind of dragging a little bit. That kind of happens on Sunday mornings too. If it's overcast, yeah. then it's a little bit tougher to drag praise and worship out of them. <laughs> I don't I, know if that I, sounds right, but. I know what you're saying. I mean, I this past Sunday was actually very energetic for us, but Ryan picked very energetic music. And it was sunny. And well, like we've said, it's also getting deep into the cabin fever. So Mm. that's a real thing and where people are just, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So like I introduced the service by saying, welcome to the house of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. And Mm -hmm. then I hope that everybody responds. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Something like that. And sometimes once in a while, it doesn't sound like they're actually glad to be in the house of the Lord. I'm not throwing out accusations, but it's just like in my hearing, this is what the energy level sounds like sometimes. And it's just not quite there. But weather sometimes shapes that. Um, Otherwise, events of the day, you know, whatever's going Mm -hmm. on in the community helps shape that too. And that's actually what we, that's kind of the direction we want to go today. You talked about a curveball before, Matt, when we were preparing for this. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you kind of bring us in with the curveball? Yeah. So, you know, before we came on the air this morning, I said, James, I have a curveball. Ministry brings curveballs. And that means because ministry brings curveballs, this uh, podcast brings curveballs. And so uh, yesterday, uh, our community was uh, hit with a pretty tragic incident. Uh, We are about 1500 uh, here in Manton. So very, very small community. And Uh, We are also, uh, there's an Amish community within Manton. uh, So, and it's a pretty large Amish community. And uh, there was three children in a buggy who were hit by a vehicle yesterday morning. Uh, Two of them uh, died on the scene, 11-year-old girl and a 7-year-old boy. Uh, The 9-year-old girl was flown to the Children's Hospital in Grand Rapids uh, with serious injuries. From my understanding, she's doing okay right now. Uh, but it definitely hit this small community. The Amish community is near and dear to, as the Amish people call us, the English people. Uh, so it definitely hit this community hard. And right off, right off the start or right off the cuff, people were reaching out. How can we help? How can we help? How can we help? James, it is very near and dear to you to reach out to the community in situations like this. You know it is to me as well. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I think people's hearts are always in the right place, right? They're, they're always wanting to know, how can we help? How can we help people? Uh, we actually have t- a couple in our church who 
drive the Amish people around. If you're not familiar with the Amish uh, community, they do not have vehicles. They don't have electricity. uh, They don't have running water. um, They they are a closed community, but they reach out to the English people. And there's a couple, as I said, in our church who drive them, you know, to the store, drive them maybe to like the city or something like that. And uh, they they reached out and drove the family down to Grand Rapids yesterday to be with their daughter uh, as she was going through surgery. And it was nice. We, as their church, were able to help them help them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we were trying to figure out a need. So back to that point, James, you know, when a situation like this arises, people's hearts are in the right place. But so often it's let's help now, let's help now, let's help now. And then a week down the road, nobody wants to help. It's not that they don't want to help. It's just they've moved on with life, but this poor family hasn't. You've nailed it exactly that way, Matt. I agree. Um, It's it's easier to help in the moment. You know, like they they recognize the grief, the suffering, the pain, the emotion of it all in the moment. They recognize that easily enough, and they expect that it gets a little trickier when you're a couple weeks down the road or a month or whatever. And now they don't know what to do. Like now it's, it's awkward if they see them on the street or wherever you might encounter the Amish, I mean, or, or someone who's grieving. Um, this past Sunday I had, I guess, uh, well, I preached on John 11 and Mm. uh, that's the story of Lazarus. And mm-hmm. normally that text is all one. It's like uh, John 11 verses one through 44 or 45, something like that. And I divided it up so I could talk about the grief part and the fact that Jesus didn't show up right away and that sort of thing. And then next week we'll talk about the actual miracle of the resurrection. And um, what that allowed me to do is like I said, is, is to focus. And there was a lot of questions. Uh, so there's a lot of questions surrounding grief. You know, we just don't know what to do and all the, all the emotion of it. But that also allowed me to tie in um, a situation that happened to me 20 years ago on my birthday, where I, as a young pastor, went to minister to a family whose 14-month-old boy was dying in their home. And I went to that family not knowing what to do, what to say, or anything, and just praying that God would give me some words or some some presence um, just to offer the family in that moment. And so I was able to just kind of bring that in, but that just brings to mind that what that family shared with me is that they struggled long after the, mm. the, the, the main grief, I guess. I don't know if that's even a good term, but the struggle at, for long term was with the way that other people treated them. They didn't, they avoided them in the grocery store. Like they literally saw people duck down a different wow. aisle when it came to like the, I'm just going about my business. Cause they just didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to talk about it and they didn't want to make them cry by bringing it up. But that was the main thing on their mind as if they're not going to be crying anyway, or sad <laughs> about it. Like, yeah. So the the long t- that so that helped shape my concept for long term ministry after tragedy or grief and so what you're talking about here is a family that you know, people are going to rally around them right away because that makes sense but you are already looking at down the road like what are we going to do for these people two months two weeks two months down the road yeah so I'm I'm jumping the gun a little bit on your ministry there but like that's what you're 
basically presenting, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, you know, yesterday when so many people, so it was nice because I had connections through the administrator here at Rollins Church's neighbors with them. And then uh, actually the couple who drives them around. Uh, so through that, I was able to get a, connected to one of the gentlemen within the Amish community who was kind of putting this all together. And within their closed community, their viewings for funerals happened the day after. And so I finally got a hold of them. And uh, thanks to uh, my administrator and, and uh, her husband and um, found out that today there was a viewing. They had no food. And I said, we got it. How many? I said, we'll make this work. And this was about 630 last night. The viewing is this morning at uh, 12 or this afternoon at 12. And it, so we've been talking about technology right here on the podcast because mm-hmm. we've been talking about a youth group. And I talked to the youth group about that last night. I said, I've told you social media is a good thing. I don't think it's evil. And when it's used properly in a good way, it's powerful. In this case, it was. Brittany reached out to the prayer group of the women in our church. Uh, it was shared on Facebook. And as of this moment downstairs in our kitchen, it's literally almost filled the countertop and the uh, the refrigerator with sides of people saying, we can help. Nice. <laughs> it's just so great. And I actually jumped the gun because I said, well, let's start a meal train. And that's playing out at least a week. Well, once I realized that wasn't really a need because the Amish put the English people to shame when it comes to community, <laughs> um, I canceled that and said, let's put all of our focus on today, on on this, on mm-hmm. this viewing. And when I show up, I'll ask, is there anything else we can do? But it, James, it's so interesting that story you shared because you and I both have talked about this. Uh, I think you do the same thing that if you get to be part of a funeral, praying for the family and the year of first, mm-hmm. because we leave the funeral and as friends, we're grieving, we're sad, but then we move on with life. And the family now has the first holidays, the first birthday, the anniversary of the death and their grieving process is done. So between us kind of moving on and you have, you have society who goes, you've had enough time. It's, it's, it's been a month. Get over it. It's time to move on. Right. <laughs> That's not how it works. No. I mean, grief doesn't have a, a, a time frame. There's no formula for how long. Well, I, you know what, in the Bible, there were formulas, right? Like there was an allotted grieving time. I think You're it right. was like seven or eight days or something yeah. along those lines. And that was the, the amount of time that they were given to grieve. Mm-hmm. But I, my guess is, that sadness continued on after that, but they were expected to kind of, you know, get their crap together after that. I mean, for lack of a cleaner term, I mean, that's just kind of the way things were. And for us, I mean, I still think grief does linger. It takes various forms and so on. So what you have an opportunity to do with this extended community of your church really is, oh, because Amish are there. It's a religious community, right? Correct. Yep. And they're Christian in particular. So your goal isn't like to win their hearts for Christ because Christ has already claimed their hearts, but it's just a different denomination, really. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if that's the right way to look at it, but so like your focus can simply be ministry. I'm going to minister to them Mm -hmm. and it's a good opportunity for your church to 
to love on them in a way that you wouldn't just have opportunities just like like one day you said, ah, I want to minister to the Amish. Like nobody would get on board with that. Nobody would say, ah, they need that. But now that they have a need, now you jump on it. You take advantage, Mm -hmm. but not in an aggressive way. You, You take the opportunity that's presented to you and you go for it. And I believe that after this, you're going to have this one ministry to one family is going to create so many, I'll say fun interactions and inroads to enjoying the Amish community in a variety of ways. That's what I think. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. And, and what has been actually nice is, you know, I know you said the, the church, you know, our, Church Rollins Church has had this opportunity, but it's gone beyond us. I've had calls already at the church. I showed up this morning about 745 and somebody called me and said, we saw on Facebook that your church is providing food. Can we make something? Yeah. I said, absolutely. I have no idea who you are, but mm-hmm. I didn't say it that way. But I said, the, the door to our gym will be unlocked. Just walk in on the left side. Just put it there. If it's cold, put it in the fridge. And it's, it's rallied this community together for a community that is near and dear to us. And so for those of you who are listening, and I always say it that way, but if you're listening, you're listening, you know, this isn't a, Hey, look at what James and I do. This isn't a, we're patting ourselves on the back. This is us saying, seize these opportunities in the community to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I love James, what you said. Sometimes, you know, we put our, we say we, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We've put our faith, our our hope, our trust, belief in Him. And Jesus says, "The way you love will show that you're my disciple, right? Mm-hmm. That you're that you're my disciples. This is how we do that. And right. it, it's 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 such a I will say an easy way. <laughs> and I know it it takes coming together, but what I mean by easy is it's it's a no duh. Of course we're going to help. Of course we're going to reach out in a way that we can. You you say that, but you and I have been in ministry long enough and in enough communities to know that that's not such a duh. And You're I right. mean it's it that's part of why we're even saying it because in this area we do understand what our role is and that is why we're saying it i'm not patting myself on the back for it i'm just saying this is what has been clearly revealed to you and mm-hmm. me about what god wants from us and we're we're speaking it clearly so that other people can can hear those words and go okay well yeah i'm part of a different church that we don't do that we should do that right yeah. then they should hear that conviction um so that's really good uh, one thing that I'm thinking of along the way, because you said you've got a bunch of food, and when you, you, in our side conversation, I think we talked about how the Amish don't have all the the refrigeration and freezer technology that the rest of us have. So we can't just give them a bunch of food and say, "Oh, just throw this in your freezer for three months." I don't think that works the same way. But have you ever thought? Have you thought in the past what? a day <laughs> when all these new thoughts are coming your way that that could be an aspect of ministry to the Amish by just having re- freezer space for certain things where, you know, they might not have it, but you can have it and you can free stuff for them. I don't know if that makes any sense, but no. I, and I'll be honest, I don't know. Um, freezer wise. I mean, I mean, they have a way they're, they, 
again, put us to shame in so many areas of life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't know that, but what I'm hoping, and I was praying last night uh, with the youth group, that this opens up an opportunity for us to reach out to them long term. And they, like, I, I think I've said this already, they're the most friendliest people you, you'll meet. They're, they they have the best donuts in the world. Mm. Uh, hey, you um, love your donuts, they, don't you? Yeah, um, I do. I'm a fatty. Uh, so. <laughs> well, that's not what I meant. But I mean, when you were in <laughs> no, ministry no. here, you talked about going to Green Bay for Duncan all the time, I think. I did. Well, for, yeah, for uh, See at the Pool, I drove all the way down to Duncan Donuts just to get them for the kids. So I love my For the kids. <laughs> Yes, for me. Uh, so I'm hoping it, it opens up an opportunity to help them more and to see, you know, it's it's such a shame that this is what brought the community together. Mm-hmm. This is a close-knit community. I'm not saying that it's not, but it's a shame that it's always the tragedy. Yeah. I mean, back to Damar Hamlin, that's what it took. We had we talked about this on the show, that it took that for people to rally together and set their differences aside. Mm-hmm. Why is it always a tragedy? You know, it, it's just so interesting why it always has to be. Why can't we just live like this all the time? Well, because it's the thing that we all can feel and relate to. We all can we all can feel and relate to grief and sadness and difficulty. Um, it's like sometimes when something is super good, then we're looking at other people going, hmm, yeah, their their life is better or something. Then there's there's yeah. rankings. But when it comes to grief, we all can relate in some way. And because then there's this yeah. there's this need that we all and that's how we operate the most, I think. We operate um out of felt need, felt or perceived need. And so there's mm. when there's mm-hmm. this need, then it's easy to kind of see it and then f- maybe fill it. And that's what you're doing with this Amish community. You saw the need or you asked for the need and now you've got that. And now you've got the inroad. You're going to be able to talk with this family or extended family. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be other opportunities for ongoing ministry. Um, not You said it's a closed community, so they don't really deliberately or often interact. But now you've got a little bit of a kind of an in and you can kind of maybe... Yeah nod and wave, you know, at people as you're going down the road, as opposed to thinking, oh, they're in the way or something. I don't know. Well, and I will say when I say closed community, because I think that's, I don't know if we've had a few technical issues. I don't know what I've said on the show and what (laughs) it was just you and I talking, um, that they are the friendliest people you'll meet. And when I say closed community, I just mean that they have their beliefs, they have their, their, their way of living. When you see them on the road, they wave, you wave, but that's, it, I mean, they have a store that I get their donuts at all the time, <laughs> but um, they also have, uh, it's, it's, they have fresh fruit during the summer. They, they sell fresh meat. They sell, I mean, it's a store. So we go and support them as their community, but that's really the extent of it. Unless, you know, like I said, our administrators, their neighbor, they're very good friends with them. Um, unless you have that personal relationship. Other than that, it's just pleasantries. It's, you know, hi, how are you today? And what I'm hoping is this opens up that opportunity to say, we love you and we we want to we want to just beyond this tragedy help you. And the, again, this is back to that point of when needs like this arise, I guess what James and I are encouraging you to do is I know you want to help, but stop and pray and find what God is leading you toward to to do. And remember, 
it's not just the here and now, it's it's beyond. That this poor family who just lost an 11-year-old, a 7-year-old, and there's other things behind that, uh, that this family is just coming out of too. This isn't just in a couple weeks they're going to be able to say, well, we're good, we're over it. We got to keep reaching out to them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I guess what we're saying is just remember, don't stop. Compassion doesn't stop. Sympathy doesn't stop. It has to continue. Yeah. Well, and I think you use the term that you we want to help them, but maybe like maybe that's the the reason why you get connected with them. But I think that the the bigger issue is or the bigger um I don't know, maybe a better word would just be, I want to get to know them. I want to, I want to befriend them. I want to be Mm -hmm. in a relationship with them, which goes beyond the superficial. And in in a way, the, um, the, um, the superficial is just talking about the grief because that's the easiest. Like Mm -hmm. I can always talk about that. But you want to kind of move beyond that and find out about their families and just have yeah. that connection so that it's not just a wave. It's not just some obligatory smile or cursory, you know, uh, dialogue with them. It's, you know, like asking about like several generations ago about what life was like with, um, you know, with grandpa or something. You know, I don't know. It's yeah. just something deeper than that that actually finds satisfaction for a relationship with them. Well, and I love that you say that because you've already said about feeling convicted as a church. I'm going to throw another conviction out. It is easy and convenient to say, well, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy a side dish and send it over and then I'm going to feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. Or it's going to make me say, hey, did you hear about the Amish family? I helped them. Yep, I'm a big deal. Oh, yeah. It's easy and convenient to do that. What is hard to do is... I say this all the time that ministry happens in relationships. Uh, and that was not a saying for mine. That's actually uh, Shannon Souther, who we used to say that all the time, mm-hmm. that ministry happens in relationships. This is an opportunity to build a relationship. It is easy mm-hmm. for me to fill the car with food and drive 10 minutes over to their house and drop this off. Mm-hmm. What takes time and is not convenient is building relationships. And that's what I'm praying that this does for our community, for our church, but more importantly, our community. Yeah. And as a byproduct, you're going to find out that it's going to bind or um, more unite your own congregation because they're going to have this shared experience that they're going to be able to talk about on the side and share with their children and their children are going to see what they, what their parents are doing. And that's what perpetuates the faith, I think. Yeah. So. Amen. Yeah. It's, that's good. And and that is, you know, on the side, it, it's okay. You know, so I do want to make sure I'm saying this. It's okay that you feel good about it. We should. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's the joy that the Holy Spirit brings when we are fulfilling what we are called to do as Christians. I feel that there's joy in serving. And I always say you get more out of serving than the person you're serving. Um, I truly feel, I know they get a lot out of it, but Mission trips, I always say you're going to get more out of it than the people you're going to serve, which has never been untrue from what I have seen. But there is so much joy in it because I feel that the Lord puts that within us to say, doesn't that feel good to be the church? Doesn't that feel good to go and to do what you are called as disciples to do and commanded to do? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's 
So I, I hope we can, you know, even in this small community of not the worst pastors, how awesome would it be? Now I'm getting into brainstorming. We know how this is <laughs> to maybe to be able to reach out that I don't know what that would look like, but always have our eyes open to, to be in the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, this was, um, like you said in the beginning, this is a, a bit of a curveball, but what we want to do is be able to just talk about life in the life in the parish, life in the church. You know? Like, so yeah. if it's if it's screens, working on things with our kids, or reacting to something we saw a commercial in the Super Bowl or some other sporting event, so be it. But this is a very real circumstance going on in um, the community of Manton, Michigan, and it's not everybody's. Not everybody knows Amish people. Not everybody has someone that's that's died recently or has the opportunity to reach out. But we hope and pray that this conversation that has taken place will inspire people that the church is up to some good. And yeah. we, we do have um, the desire to reach out beyond our ourselves and our immediate people, if you will. Yeah. Um, beyond Rollins Church, beyond Prince of Peace, and into the community to make a difference for the sake of Christ. Amen. All right. It's a good place that'll to do leave it. it. That'll, that'll do it for today. Hey, real quick, James. Yeah. Thanks for taking the curveball this morning. I appreciate it. I know that I threw that on you quick. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. No problem. I, uh, I kind of hope it was... Do I hope it was a strike or a ball? I don't know. I don't know either. I hope it... I hope it was impactful. I, th- I think the analogy <laughs> breaks down us. pretty quickly, but yes. <laughs> yep. But um, thank you all for joining us um, in, in this conversation about um, current events. And uh, we'll be, we'll be back with you next week and maybe back to our regular scheduled programming, but otherwise take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.